how I pray that God will definitely see us through this morning in Jesus' name. This morning we're going to be looking at a topic titled, The Times and Seasons of Life. The Times and Seasons of Life. The Times and Seasons of Life. Praise God. As we go through this message, I want us to look at various aspects of lives. I want us to pay attention to many things that you and I may have gone through or experienced. I want us to look at our visions for the future. I want us to look at even our past, having a respect of maybe the positive or the negative thing that may have happened to you. I want us to look at the future and have hope that in the midst of the constraints and the challenges and the difficulties we've been going through, God is still God and God is still faithful to his word. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to be very, very careful at the same time as we look at this particular message because we're going to be looking at it from a biblical perspective. Hallelujah. We're not going to allow ourselves to, 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 uh, I mean, to be narrowed down to the social confine. No. We're going to move beyond that. Praise God. It's not just about the society. It's about what God wants us to be. Praise God. So let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We're going to look at what the wisest man who had ever lived said. Praise God. Solomon says something that I want us to start off with this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. So we're talking about the times and seasons of our lives. Praise God. Are we there? It says, I will be reading from verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift, nor the battle for the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding. Praise God. Hallelujah. Nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Praise God. For man also knoweth not his time, praise God, as the fishes that are taken in a veil net, and as the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men, snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Praise God. Verse 13. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. It talks about a man that was wise, but yet, having delivered a city, the Bible says, they could not remember the man, because the man was poor. Inasmuch as he was wise, at the same time he had a problem, he was poor. In verse 14, I'll just read that through and through, but that is not my focus this morning, but for us to be um, um, uh, focus. Let's take it contextually. He said, There was a little city, a few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwark against it. Now there was found in it, that is the same city, a poor wise man. That is the description of this man. Praise God. A poor wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered this same poor man. Praise God. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised 
and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among foes. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyed much good. Praise God. When we looked at this few verses that we've just read, there's wealth of information, wealth of revelation, insight. Praise God. And sometimes we just get scriptures and just sail through and we believe that, or oh, we're blessed, or oh, God has spoken. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let us take our time as we deliberate through God's word and get some of the ingredients out of what God wants us to receive this morning. Praise God. In fact, at the end of which from verse 14 downwards, if you look at verse 16, it clearly emphasized that the man was despised. Praise God. Hallelujah. He was despised. His wisdom was despised. Praise God. His words of advice were rejected. In as much as he had helped them, he had delivered the city. So the problem now, take note, some people may assume that because the man was poor, that was why he was rejected. No, this, when you looked at this account, it was not the man's fault. The man has no problem. His poverty was not an issue. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was the people, the mindset of the people. Praise God. The mindset of the people. The mindset of the people. I will say that again. The mindset of the people. Praise God. Because no matter what you'll do in this life, you can give wealth of information, insight, or words of wisdom to an individual that is not willing and ready to change. They will never change. There's nothing you can do about that. Haven't you seen people who moved from Africa, they came to Canada, and yet they still want to practice the culture of Africa in Canada, and yet they're not making it. The same tradition, the same custom, they're, they're looking for a village. And they can't find one. <laughs> they got caught up in the city of Toronto. And so they are looking for a village to practice their rituals, their bad habits, their cultural things. And it's not going to work. They're in a different atmosphere, but they don't understand. Why? Because their mindset is fixed. Their lifestyle is controlled by a culture. Praise God. And so the time has changed, they don't understand. The season has changed, they don't understand. Their position has changed, they don't understand. The location has changed, they don't understand. Praise God. And so today, as we look at the times and seasons of life, I want us to understand this. That there are some times when things change according to God's will, and you refuse to change. Praise God. There are some times when God has already changed the chapter or his agenda for your life. But because you are used to certain things, praise God, you are stuck with that which you are used to. Or it may be that there are times when God has already moved on and he wants you to follow after, praise God. But because you lack the faith to move on with God, you cannot go ahead, praise God. Or there are some times when God has already changed your position and you want that condition to change because when the position changes, the condition also ought to change. But the condition is not changing and the reason is because you don't have what it takes mentally to change your condition. These are the reasons why there are Christians who are praying at a particular location or in a particular condition and they are not getting an answer because God is saying you ought to have gone beyond this. Praise God. So let's take our time, let's get to these verses. And let's allow God to bless us. Praise God. Let's go back to verse 11. It says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift. Which clearly reveals that. It is not everyone. In fact, let me say this to you. I've seen people who can sing well. They can sing well much more than those who are out there now. Those who are celebrities who are making it. Praise God. But what happened to them? What happened to the others? Praise God. 
it is because maybe where they find themselves is the wrong place. Some people can be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Others can be at the right place but the wrong time. Praise God. And there are those who can be at the wrong place but the right time. So you have to match up. <laughs> you understand? You must, you must have a balance. Praise God. But it doesn't mean because somebody is swift, he's going to win the race. It doesn't mean because he's fast, he's going to win. That is what he's saying. He said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift. There are sometimes when the best runners or the fastest sprinters cannot even be qualified. Why? Because that is not how God designed life to be. Let me go ahead. He says, not the battle for the strong. I've seen people who are very, very, very strong. They know I, I watch my, my, my best sport after soccer. The best sport that I watch the most is UFC. I mean, that's real. I like to see the real thing when they're fighting. You know, this is it's not WWW nonsense. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't watch those things. I just like no, no, no. I watch the real thing. If I want to watch sport, if I don't watch soccer, when I have time, that I, I'm not saying this to say that that is my life. No, but whenever I, I have time to like do those things, I prefer to watch UFC. Because I see the fight is real. I know it's either you win or you lose. It's either you tap or you got knocked out. Praise God. I see skills. I've seen men with big muscles. Strong men that you believe that this guy is going to win the fight. You see one lanky, flanky guy. <laughs> he looks like a toothpick. You believe that man, they are going to knock this guy out. Trust me. That guy will endure the blows and the kicking. And he's just waiting for a grab. And that's all. All that he wants to do there is to grab. Because technically, he knows that if I grab you, you're done. And I've seen many strong men that, you know, you were expecting that this guy is going to win a fight and they've lost the fight. To so a flanky, lanky guy, skinny guy that doesn't look like anything, but the guy is skillful. The guy is powerful. Praise God. If he put you under a lock, you are done. If you go on the ground with him, you are done. Praise God. You know, so it is not necessarily that always, I mean, the strongest are going to win, the strongest are going to be victorious, the strongest are going to survive. No, that is not what life entails. Praise God. I told you a story several years ago, if you can remember. I, I, I attended a school, a primary school back home in Sierra Leone, and I, I had a friend. We were in the same class. This guy was like zero up there. If you spare anything, three-letter words, four letters, he cannot spell, he cannot read, he cannot, he was, he was completely closed down. Praise God. Let me use that word, closed down. I don't want to use the negative word. Praise God. But I remember, I will never forget. I went back home, I think it was about 2010. This guy that was like closed down, he was not capable. Intellectually, you may think that this guy, he will never make it in life. This guy owned three uh, I think it was it three or four shop that he was telling me. I was driving by and I saw him. He called me. I came out and I was shocked. The guy told me, this is my store, my shop. He had three of them. He said, there's one down here, there's one down here, and there's about three or four he was telling me. But the one that I saw alone, I know that one, I mean, you see millions of dollars in there. <laughs> you can tell by the product. Praise God. So I was shocked. I was surprised. And I thought to myself, never you ever concluded in the person. Never you assume somebody may be down today, but tomorrow is always a credit. Praise God. Never you condemn someone because they fall. 
a fault. Never you accuse someone because they make a mistake. Never you assume that this person is never going to amount to anything because now it doesn't look as if it can amount to anything. It's as if it's incapable. But trust me, God can even start with your remnant. Praise God. So the Bible says the race is not for the sweet, not the battle for the strong. Praise God. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding. Praise God. You may think that this guy is an intellectual, very smart, highly educated, and yet he's broke. That is what we read from verse 14. Was it 14? Yes, 13, 14, 15. The guy was wise, and yet he was poor. Praise God. He was despised also. So you can be the wisest man, and yet you're still broke. Why? Because there's something that is much more important coming up. Let's take note now. It says, not riches to men of understanding, but what is the key here? He said, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time. You see that word there? Time and chance happened to them all. Praise God. So let me tell you something. You can be smart. You can have all the credentials. You can have all the money. You can have all the muscles in life. You can be skillful or swift. But trust me, if you do not have the opportunity, which is time and chance, if you do not have the favor of God, you're not going to make it. Praise God. These are the reasons why you can see wealthy people out there and they are still stranded in life, even though they are wealthy. And that is also, I mean, it's a clear implication to us, for us to understand that wealth, I mean, uh, uh, riches and money is not actual wealth. Praise God. Because if you think that money is actual wealth, you're making a sad mistake. Praise God. There are people who, when you talk about education, they are intellectually capable. They are sound. You may say, okay, that is wealth. That is wealth. Your education will not be taken away from you. I agree partially. But with that ed education, if you do not have the time and the chance in life to make it, you will just be moving around with your certificate and they will be laughing at you. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, but time and chance happened to them all. That is everyone, everyone, whether you are educated or not, whether you are weak or you are strong, whether you are poor or you are rich, what God gave to every man upon the face of the earth is two things. Number one, time. Number two, chance. God is never partial. God will give you time to succeed and God will give you chance to succeed. Praise God. God will give you time to prosper and God will also give you chances to prosper. Many people have missed their timing in life. And let me let you know, every time you have the visitation of God is an opportunity of God's timing. Every time you have the move of God, every time God uses someone to touch you or to reach you, it's an opportunity of God's timing and chances. Many people have wasted God's timing, they've wasted God's chances for their lives and in as much as they are coming from a very wealthy family or a very good background, and yet they are still behind the limelight, the reason is because that is what God gave to us, praise God, as a platform for us to use your wealth, you can use your wisdom, you can use your strength, you can use all that you have on the time and the chances that God gave to you so that you excel in life. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I discovered something while I was reading these verses, and I want us to really, really brace ourselves for what we're going to learn. Because we're talking about times and seasons of life. Now look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. God, the Bible says in verse 11, he gave what? Time and chances to everyone, right? 
They happened to them all. Verse 12 came up with something that shocks me. And I begin to query myself. And I want you to query yourself too. This morning. And so let's pay attention to this. Verse 12 says, For man also knoweth not his time. You see there's a problem now. What did God give to every one of us? Time and chances, right? Happened to everyone. But there's a problem. And the problem is that man, what? Knoweth not his time. You understand me? Now, take for instance, you go to an office, uh, you are in that office, you're waiting for an interview, they said, well, you pick a number, like as usual, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, or whatever the case, right? And then, they are calling, they are paging you, you are number four, they are paging you, you already picked number four in your pocket, and you're sitting there on your phone or talking, then some people are going to be there until they pass them by. Because why? Somehow, they do not know their what? Their time. Their time came, number four, number three. They are calling you, number four, number three. They are paging you, and you are still busy on your phone. Some people are busy with the irrelevant, the unnecessary until time passed them. They do not know their time. Now we're going somewhere, follow me. Some people, it may be that they are too busy. It's not just they were wasting time or whatever. They are busy doing that which they ought not to be doing. Praise God. We talk about the barrenness of a busy life. Praise God. You say, I'm working, I'm working, I'm doing something, but you're not going anywhere. You're not making no progress. That is not work. That's wasting of time. Praise God. So there are people who are involved in activities. They are shaking, they are moving, but they are not making any progress. They are not getting anything from whatever they are doing. Praise God. So in a case like that, they are also wasting their time. They don't understand their time. Praise God. And let me also shock you. This is deep and it might be dangerous to some people. You may be waiting for someone, praise God, whereas the timing of your life is completely different from the timing of that individual. And you're busy waiting for him or you're waiting for her. At the end, it will be late for you. You know why? Look at the verse. What does it say? It says, for man also knoweth not his time. He personalized everything. And when I saw this, I'm like, no, there's something deeper. There's something deep, 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 deep from this. Praise God. Many of us have wasted our times and our opportunities. Why? Because we have maybe the wrong ambitions in life, the wrong visions. We're following the wrong friendship or relationship. We're in the wrong place and all of these things. But one major thing that I realized is that the verse says, for man also knoweth not his time. God gave it to you and you don't know it. Praise God. God gave it to you and then you don't know it. Verse 11 says time and chance are what the Bible says they happen to them all. That is what God gave you. Right? In as much as God gave you time and chance so that you will succeed in life, the problem of many people is that they don't know the timing of God for their lives. If I ask you now, or if you can ask any other believer out there, it's going to be an embarrassing question for you to say to them or to ask them, what is the present will of God for your life? Now, at this time, they'll go like this. Um, uh, oh my goodness, that's a, a tough one. You know why? A lot of Christians don't know the timing of God for their life. 
But that is what Solomon is saying. He said, for man also knoweth not the time. And listen to this again. Every single time, every moment of your life is important. But every time, listen, any time you miss the timing of God, Satan takes advantage of you. I must say that again. Every time you miss the timing of God, Satan will take advantage of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What does it say? It says, for man also knoweth not his time. Right from there, the dynamics change. Solomon actually began to sort of like explain some strange things. You were talking about time. You were talking about season. You are talking about opportunity, but Solomon, where are you going? And look at what he get to say. He said, as the fish, of fishes that are taken in an evil net, you see how the dynamics change? Something goes wrong there. Why? Because men did not pay attention to the opportunity of time and season. So the moment you miss your timing and your season, what's going to happen? You're going to suffer casualty. The moment you miss your timing and you miss your opportunity, that is the chances of God, you are exposed to the devil. Let me reveal it to you again. It says, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net and as the birds that are caught in the snares, take note now, in the snares, so are the what? The souls of men. Praise God. So are the souls of men. What happened to the souls of men? They are snared in an what? In an evil time. Do you see that? Sneered in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. When I read this, I was like, oh my goodness. This is where a lot of young people have missed this in life. A lot of young men and even adults have ended up regretting themselves. Why? Because of a missed opportunity. Praise God. Now let me just summarize. Then we get into some details. Praise God. Let me summarize. When you look at verse 12 alone, it reveals certain things. Number one. He revealed that this man or men are ignorant. They always walk in ignorance. Praise God. We are ignorant about timing. Praise God. So the very first thing we discover is that man doesn't know his time. Praise God. Man doesn't know his time. Praise God. Number one. Number two, there is what the Bible referred to as an evil time. Which is different from the time and the season that God will give. I'll show you that again. There is an evil time. Praise God. Number three. Is that man cannot understand the evil time. Because that evil time is a time of manipulation. You cannot read between the lines. You cannot understand the evil time. Praise God. And then number four. Because man doesn't understand the evil time. Most men are taken captives. During the evil time. Praise God. So because of lack of understanding of the evil time. Most people are taken captive in the midst or during the evil time. Let's go back to our verse. Look at verse 12. For man also knoweth not his time. That is your problem. That is my problem. Because we fail to identify our own timing, our own season. God says, it's your time. It's your turn. And you are busy doing something. Maybe the time that God says wait, that's the time you want to travel. The time that God said travel, that's the time you want to wait. 
Praise God. The time that God says, move, run, that's the time you, you're sitting, you're chilling, you're hanging out. The time that God says, go back to school, go get married, travel, or build a house, or buy the land there, or invest in that business, or go to that church, or be committed to the things of God, live a holy life. That is the timing of God. God is speaking, God is impressing certain thing in your heart at that particular time. God is ministering to the man of God. God is bringing situations and circumstances to let you know that this is the timing. Make a decision now. But you ignore. And eventually what happened? Look at it now. The Bible says Solomon used this example that a fish is caught up in an evil net. It also says birds are caught up in a snare. And then you go back and he says so are the sons of men. This is exactly what people go through. This is exactly what men go through. Praise God. Hallelujah. They are caught up in evil time. They are snared in an evil time. Snared. The word snared means being caught up. Been arrested, been taken by surprise. Praise God. So there are many men out there and women out there. There are many churches out there. There are many families out there. There are many businesses out there. There are many leaders and nations out there that have been caught up in what? In an evil time. And listen to this now. This evil time is not the timing of God. Praise God. I will reveal some things to you. This evil time shows up when you miss the timing of God. You get me? Because at the particular time that is the timing of God, God always preserve you and God always protect you at that time. You understand me? But if you miss it, you know what's going to happen? The devil is going to take advantage of you. Because let me reveal this to you now. In the realm of the spirit, there's no buffer zone. In the realm of the spirit, there's no place that they will say, oh, this is a neutral ground or this is a buffer zone. No. If there's no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. Put it that way. Every time... You, you, you give, that is why in fact the Bible says give no space to the, the devil, praise God. That we should not allow the devil to have advantage of us, praise God. Why? Because every time you ignore the timing of God, Satan comes in and take advantage of that time. Take advantage of your life, praise God. Now, let's, let's see. He says, when it suddenly what? It, when it falleth suddenly upon men. So you see, that evil time is not the timing of God. That evil time is the gap within which you miss the timing of God. The devil comes in suddenly. Like the scripture says, it comes like a roaring lion seeking for someone to do what? To devour. Praise God. And I'll show you what he does at this particular time. When he comes at this particular time, St. John 10, 10, he said he cometh to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to understand this. That in this life, God has a good plan for you. God loves you. God cares for you. Praise God. God knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows what you are going through. But God will never force himself on you. Praise God. He will never force himself on you. That is why we have the Bible. To learn the ways of God. To understand the will of God. The plan of God for our lives. You remember what happened in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. There was a problem between Saul and, and David. There was confusion in the land of Israel. But the Bible says something. It says that the, the children of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, they have understanding in the time. Take note of that. And because they have understanding in the time, the Bible says they know what Israel ought to do. Do you see that there? Look, you can read it in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Because they have understanding in the time, they know what Israel ought to do. It's like a farmer. You cannot go out there in the winter and say, well, I'm going to go plant. No. But if you go out now, you see them, they are busy. 
They are planting, they are using all the, the technology they have, they are using all the chemicals and all the manure they have, and they, they, their businesses are booming. Right? They plant now. And they harvest, some of them are already harvesting, some of them are, are expecting, praise God. But they don't do that in the winter. Why? Because the season has changed, right? The time has changed. And because the timing has changed, the season has changed, you cannot do that. Praise God. So many of us want to do what we ought to have done in the wrong season. Praise God. And as a result, you're not getting the result. Why? Because it's either you've lost the timing or you've lost the will of God for your life. And so you don't know when God is going to show up now. Arise, shine, for the light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen. Praise God. When next is the glory of the Lord going to be risen? That is in the hand of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It talks about, uh, uh, time, it talks about time and season. And it also talks about uh, purpose. Praise God. It said there is time for every purpose under the sun. Right? And it talks about time to sow, time to reap, time to burn, time to die, time to mourn, time to rejoice. And all of that. It gives you all the different scenarios about time. If you look at Luke chapter 19 verse 44, Luke 19 44, it talks about God's visitation. The time of God's visitation, praise God. If you look at Hosea chapter 10 verse 12, Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 talks about time to seek the Lord. Time to seek the Lord. Romans chapter 13 verse 11, Romans 13 verse 11, time to awake out of sleep. Time to awake out of sleep. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 29, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 29 says, the time is short. Praise God. In the Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it talks about the time that is at hand. In Matthew 16, verse 3, it talks about we should not be ignorant of the timing in which we're living in. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, it talks about uh, a time that people will even depart from the faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, it talks about perilous times shall come. So there is time for every purpose. There is time to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. There is time for God's visitation. There is time to awake out of sleep. There is time uh, uh, for you to, to work hard. You must be attentive because time is short. The time is at hand. We should not be ignorant of time. And we should not allow ourselves to depart from the faith. And perilous time, the Bible says, shall come. My question to you is, at this particular phase of your life, what time are you in? That's my question. What is the timing right now of your life, personally? Let's go back to our text. Look at verse 12. Verse 12. What do we see here? Let's go back. Ecclesiastes 9.12 For man also knoweth not his time. Ignorance. Praise God. So the first thing that we we'll see is that there's this manipulation. There's this operation of what? Ignorance. So Solomon is saying now, in as much as the race is not for the swift, the battle is not for the strong, but time and chances happen to them all, yet there are people who are ignorant of the timing. It says, man also knoweth not his time. Praise God. He doesn't know about God's agenda. He doesn't even know about the future. He's unprepared for it. So he knoweth not his time. Your time is your life. Let me put it this way. Your time is as important as your life. Because life cannot be rewind. I'm going to say this again. 
Your life is as important as your time. Your time is as important as your life because life cannot be rewind. Praise God. Life cannot be paused. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your time defines what you will become in life. Your time defines the changes that you're going to experience in life. Praise God. So you must make sure, take a look now, you make use of God's timing, you make use of the chances that God will give to you and never you procrastinate. Praise God. Let's just stay on this verse 12 for the time being because there is so much stuff that I want to pass across. Look at the same verse 12. Verse 12. It says, at the end, it says, so are the sons, okay, let's, let's, let's take it from verse, yeah, verse 12. It says, for man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net. Praise God. You see the description of the net? It says evil net. And as the birds that are caught in a snare. Praise God. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time. Evil time. Now let's talk a little bit about this evil time. Let's look at the characteristics of this evil time. This evil time is a counterfeit time. This evil time contradicts the timing of God. Praise God. This evil time is a corrupt moment. It's a moment that comes in to take you unexpectedly. It says suddenly upon them. It comes suddenly or falleth suddenly upon them. It will snatch you unexpectedly. And before you know, you are stuck. You are in prison. You are in bondage. Praise God. That is what this evil time does. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is why he comes suddenly, unexpectedly, unannounced, unnoticed. It's very manipulative. It is a time of desperation. It is a time of, of necessity. It's, it's a time of deep wanting. It is a time of anxiety. Praise God. Hallelujah. This evil time can be a time of temptation. It can be a time of temptations. This evil time can be a time of ungodly opportunities. Satan will say, okay, what about this? Make it, make it short. Find a shortcut. Let it be done easily. Hallelujah. This, this evil time can be a time of ungodly opportunity. It can also be a time of rejection. A time of rejection. When people that you never expected will begin to abandon you, they'll forsake you, they'll turn their backs against you. It can be a time of disappointment. This evil time might be a time of disappointment. This evil time might be a time of loneliness. You are all alone. You feel as if nobody likes you, nobody cares. And you're like, God, I'm tired of this life. Oh God, why am I going through this? It can be a time of affliction. You are sick, you are in pain, hallelujah. You are stressed, you are depressed, you are confused. You're going through one medical treatment after the next, one after the next, and all kinds of diagnosis they, they're coming up with, and the doctors are giving you all kinds of medication. It might be that that is your situation. It's a time of uh, 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 affliction. It may be that this uh, evil time is a time of confusion for you. There's confusion in your marriage, confusion in the church, confusion with your finance, confusion at work, confusion everywhere. This evil time might be a time of desperate need. Desperate need. The Bible says that whenever you are in need, you are exposed to temptation. Praise God. And worst of it all, take note of this now. Take note of this. When this evil time comes, the plan and the purpose of the devil is to take you captive. Is to take you captive. This is what makes it worse. Praise God. Let's go to the verse. What does it say? It says, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time. They are captured. 
captured in an evil time. They are arrested in an evil time. They are overtaken in an evil time when it suddenly what falleth upon them. Do you know how many people ended up into a particular lifestyle that they never bargained for? Do you know how many people ended up regretting their life as of now because of what they find themselves doing and they never thought about it? Why? It was an evil time that the devil came in and brought up some suggestion and they said, well, you know what? There's no way out. The only way we can do it is this way. And before you know, you say, okay, yes, you yielded into that way and that way ended up what? Take you captives. Praise God. The Bible says that this evil time is a time that take many captive. Many have been trapped. Many have been hurt. Hallelujah. Many destiny have been destroyed. Many have been turned into victims. Praise God. Why? This evil time, it doesn't come, show up, and let you go. No. This evil time comes in, hurts you, and not only that, takes you, it's like a storm that will just come, and whatever you have, take it away. It's like a flood. Come and take it away. Praise God. So this evil time comes to take you captive. I'll give you several examples in your Bible. Praise God. Not just our personal life. What about David? David, the Bible says, he was up at the roof of his house at the time. Listen to this now. The Bible says, at the time that kings go to war. The time that kings go to war. He was supposed to be in the battlefield at that particular time. That time was the time that he missed, which was the time of God to be with his people. That was the time he saw what? A, a beautiful woman having a shower. And David says, wow. I found something. Satan says, wow, I'll make use of this time. And that was how his reproach came. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the timing of God is very, very important. What about something? At the time that he was, he was laid on the lap of Delilah, he was sleeping at the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong time, Delilah shaved his head. Can you imagine? Now, take note of this. He was given glory by God and he was shaven by a sinful woman. That which was given to him by God was taken away by an adulterous woman. Can you imagine that? Why? Wrong timing, wrong place, wrong relationship. Praise God. So something was completely shaven by Delilah. The glory of God was seized. The covenant of God was removed. The anointing of God was snatched away. The power of God was stolen. By who? Delilah of all. Praise God. Not by the mighty men of the Philistines. Not by all the giants and all of that. No. Why? The woman was able to lure him. He was lying down. He laid on the lap of Delilah. He was the one that explained his secret. And at that particular time, Delilah continued to mold his head and rub him and massage and the man he slept. <laughs> In his anointing, he slept. Wrong place, wrong time. Praise God. Hallelujah. So right away from that moment, he was shaved completely. Amen. He was 
completely disarmed by Delilah. Why? He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. The Bible talks about in the New Testament, while men slept, the enemy showed up and planned what? Tears in the midst of the wind while men slept. While men slept. Praise God. Hallelujah. What would we say about Judas? Judas' own is very interesting. If I, let's look at Judas in the book of St. John. Let's look at St. John chapter 13, 25 to 27. I want you to see something there. St. John chapter 13. Are we there? There's something interesting that I want you to pay attention to, Judas. Hallelujah. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. St. John chapter 13, 25 down. Hallelujah. Let's take it from verse 25 to 27. It says, And then lying on Jesus' breast, saith, He then lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? This was when Jesus told them that one of them would betray him. Praise God. Verse 26. Jesus answered, He is it to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simeon. Now take note. What happened? What happened right there? Verse 27. And after the sop, Satan. Do you see that there? <laughs> what did Satan do? He entered into who? Hey. You know when you read a verse like this, you, <laughs> you be shivering and say, really? How does this happen? Immediately, the disciples were talking. John and others were asking, Jesus, who will betray you and all of that? Jesus said, the one that I will give of the sword and all of that. He dipped the Bible, said he dipped the thing in and he gave it to Judas Iscariot. Immediately, do you see that there in your Bible? Hallelujah. He says, and after the sword, Satan entered. Wrong timing. Praise God. Why? If you looked at other texts, you discover that Judas used to go to these people. Yes, back and forth. He used to negotiate with them while he was with Jesus. He used to spend time with those people. He used to invest his time to ask them for money, you know, with those people. And so they knew that, wow, this is one of the guys that we can make use of. Praise God. So right away, the Bible says, after the sub Satan entered into him, and he said, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this to you, beloved. We must be very, very careful. You remember I told you that every time you miss the timing of God, Satan takes advantage of that. Because there is no buffer zone. There is no neutral ground in the realm of the spirit. Look at what happened to this guy. Jesus just gave him something to eat. Right there. He just ate from the hand of... It was not any other disciple that served him. It was Jesus who served him. So you see, right from there, as soon as he was done, Satan also came and entered. Praise God. Listen. This particular scripture should bring you fear this morning. That it doesn't matter what you receive of the Lord. It doesn't matter what God will be doing in your life. It doesn't matter. Listen, God will, listen. Let me say this. Very, very important. 
God will do what he's supposed to do because he is God, he is faithful, and because of his integrity. Praise God. God can still do, God can still do what he's supposed to do and what he has to do as God, and yet your heart condition will not be right. Haven't you seen people that come to church, they are believing that, oh, I only came for God to heal me. I don't care about anything else. And yet God can still show mercy and heal those people. And afterwards, those people walk out of the church, you will never see them again. So God is not going to do things for you because, what? Oh, if you don't do, I will do. No, God is always faithful as God. Listen, you cannot dictate his lordship and his godship. You cannot control the character of God. Right? If God is merciful, he will still show mercy to you. The Bible, in fact, says, where we were yet sinners, Christ what? Died for us. Did he actually know that some of us are going to betray him? That some of us are going to backslide? Yes, he knew that some of us will backslide, some of us will, but he still died. That shows us that your condition, your lifestyle will not change the character of God. God will still bless you. God will still heal you. God will still provide for you. God will still do miracles on your behalf. And yet your heart condition will still be against God. You know what? God is still telling you that I love you and I am God. And these are the reasons why. Sometimes as Christians, you ask yourself, look at the kind of person. Look, look at this woman. Look at this man. Why would this be happening? They do, in your own eyes, you're saying they don't deserve it. But is that, is that true? Yes, truly they might not deserve it, but it happens. They call that serendipity. Praise God. Serendipity. You don't labor for it. You don't pay anything for it. But God just chooses to do it for you. Out of love. Praise God. When it rains, right? When it rains in Canada, does it just rain on the righteous? It rains on who? Everyone. Praise God. When it's hot, now that it's hot, see how we're dressing because it's hot. Praise God. Right? Is it only hot for us? And then it's cold for some people. Why? Because they are wicked? No. You see that? So God is not doing things because of you. He's doing things because of who he is. Praise God. And so Judas, right there, he received from the Lord. <laughs> In a moment, the Bible says, Satan what? Entered. Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Praise God. Now let me shock you again. When I read this verse, it opened my eyes. I realized something. Judas honestly thought that he was making it. Praise God. Now pay attention. Look up and look at me. Very interesting. Judas, he honestly thought that he was making it. You know why? Number one, he received from Jesus. He was sitting at the table together with Jesus. He was part of Jesus, his, his, his leadership and disciples. And yet, at the same time, he was part of the wicked ones. So he thought that, oh, I'm winning on both sides. I'm okay. What he doesn't understand is that he has missed the timing of God for his life. And Satan is taking advantage of him. Did you get it now? It was a dangerous ground. He was playing in between. And sometimes that is what happened to many of us out there. Those of you who are watching. 
You think that, oh, I go there and make it. Oh, I go there and make it. You think, oh, he's all over me. He's moving me around. Oh, the hand of the Lord is upon me. The glory. What you don't understand is that Satan has entered in a subtle way. Satan will never. Have you ever seen Satan introduce himself? Tell me. No, read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And tell me, in any case where Satan ever introduced himself, he doesn't do that. Never. Even with the temptation of Jesus, right? He never introduced himself as Satan. He, in fact, listen, he comes in subtly. He comes in in a gentle way. He comes in in a way that is comfortable, deceptively, praise God, manipulatively. So when you see him, you think that, oh, this is of God. Or, you know, but God understands. Oh, this looks comfortable. Oh, I don't think this will cause any problem. I don't think this is an issue. But what you do not understand is, he's waiting for the end. He's digging deep into your life. He's sowing seeds into your life that you will never be able to uproot again. Praise God. So Judas thought that he was making it on both sides. I got some stuff from Jesus. I'm part of his discipleship. And at the same time, I'm getting money from these, these scribes and Pharisees and all of that, and they're going to betray Jesus. And at the end of which, what happened? He ended up committing suicide. He lost everything. Listen, beloved, whenever you thought that you are making it, and you are making it the wrong with deceptively, or in a corrupt and in an ungodly manner, and you miss the timing of God, trust me, at the end, you're going to be disappointed because you're going to lose everything. Now, the evil time was in his life and he didn't know that. Praise God. The evil time was in oppression in the life of Judas at this time. He didn't know. Now, when is the evil time? Who can tell me when is the evil time? The evil time is any time. As I said, any time you give space or there is a loophole, every time or any time you miss the timing of God, that's an evil time. Praise God. And the Bible says, let's go back to the text, that men are taken captive. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Praise God. They sneered in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Evil time will come suddenly upon many people and they've been taken captive. Now let's look at the effects of being snared or being trapped. The effect of an evil time. As I told you before, when you get caught in that evil time, it's not just going to affect you and let you go. No, it's going to imprison you. And so look at some of the things that is going to happen. Or the symptoms of one that is already caught up in an evil time. That individual that is trapped in an evil time. The very first experience or effect that you're going to have is dullness of heart. Dullness of heart. Dullness of heart. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 verse 15. Dullness of heart. Praise God. Matthew 13. Are we there? Verse number 15. I'll read. Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed this morning. It says, for this people's heart watched how gross. Praise God. And their ears are dull of what? Hearing. Of course, obviously, they are taken captive. Praise God. Take note now. And their eyes, they have what? They have closed. Lest at any time, why? The reason is, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand 
with their heart. You see that? I love this. I love this. And if they see with their eyes, they hear with their ears, they understand with their heart, something is going to happen. What's going to happen? And should be what? Converted and I should do what? Heal them. So you see the strategy of the enemy. If he comes with, within that evil time and take hold of someone, he's going to make sure you have dullness of hearing. The pastor will preach and preach and preach and preach. Dullness of hearing, dullness of sight, dullness of heart. And the reason is because he doesn't want you to be free. Because at the end of which, the Bible says, he should not be converted and should not heal them. That is the purpose. Satan doesn't want you to be converted. That is helped, healed, delivered. Hallelujah. He doesn't want anything of the sort. So what he does is to give you dullness of eyes, dullness of hearing, dull, I mean, I'm, 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 he blind your eyes, he deaf your ears, and then dullness of heart. How, let me explain this in details. There are people that will tell you, oh, I love God, I love God, I love God, but they have no relationship with God. That's a sign that you are dullness of heart. Praise God. He said, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. Indeed, he knows your heart. That you're not committed. He knows you're not faithful. He knows you're not true. He knows you're dishonest. He knows you're still living in sin. He knows that you still gossip. He knows that you don't have the love. But you're telling people, I go to church, I go to church. How often you go to church? Once every three months. How often you go to church? Once every year. If it is not Christmas, it's either Easter or maybe twice for some people, right? That's dullness of what? Of heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Satan wants to keep you there. He came over you and took you away with that evil timing. And now he imprisoned you. Praise God. Lock you down. Take you captive. So now you cannot even hear the word. When you hear the word, say, oh, okay, leave us alone. God understand. God understand. In fact, they are the ones that are making everything difficult for us. God is a good God. Yes, you know God is a good God. It's not like you don't know that God is a good God. But your heart is dull. Your ears are, it's like you are, you can hear, it's like, ah, oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, what did you say? Ah, uh, ah, uh, let me go, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You are hearing, but you're not hearing. You are seeing, but you're not seeing. Praise God. Your heart, you know that this is right, but then you believe that which is wrong, because why? You don't have what it takes to, to so say no. You don't have the stamina to say, this is the will of God, and this is what I'm going to do. Dullness of heart. Praise God. Let's read the verse again, verse 15. It says, For these people's hearts are waxed gross, filthy, occupied, praise God, abominable, sinful in their heart, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says, And their ears are what? Are dull of hearing. You see, repent. Jesus is coming. Ah, we'll be hearing this from. Come on, Jesus is coming. Don't cause noise. We understand. You know, the, the interesting thing about sin is that I think this works for every one of us. Every one of us. You don't want people to tell you about your sin. Am I right? Because you know why? It is offensive. Hey, stop lying. Stop lying. Don't tell me. I know. I know now. I know. You are angry because they're telling you. But even though you know, but that is what dullness of heart. You know, but you're not making a decision like our sister was praying. It's not that we just come and repent, but we repent and we make a change. 
But many people, do you know how many people repented it? Some people, they made up their mind that they are just a repentant Christian, continuously. Lord, I will repent but not change. Oh Lord, on Monday, forgive me, Lord. Oh Lord, their prayer doesn't go to have mercy, forgive me. Have mercy, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy, Lord. That's where their prayer stops. Not beyond that. Because every time it's either they go back to the same, it's like a recycling, a recycling, and, and many people have been stuck for years. And so now, when you preach anything, you say, I, I know, I know. What, what was he talking about? Lazarus on the grave? Ah, don't worry, he's going to say comfort. Wait, wait, you will see. He said comfort. I, I told you, he just said it, comfort. So but you know where the pastor is going with the message. Praise God. You don't feel convicted anymore. No transformation anymore. No genuine repentance anymore. You're just repenting because the Bible says, repent, so I'm repenting. So no transformation, no impartation. You, you, you don't take control. You don't take instruction. You are in a church and you are rebellious. At the same time, you are in the church. You still have unforgiveness, bitterness against a brother, against a sister. There's still jealousy going on. There's still hatred going on. There's still gossip. Talk about this, talk about that. All these things are going on. And so you are that, you're comfortable with, it, with your unrighteousness. You are comfortable with your sin. And so it doesn't move you anymore. So what, when we talk about conviction, it's like, no. It, ah, you know, before when you commit sin, the bell goes like this. Bing, bing. You're like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, 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 you are praying. And it got to the point to go, you do it again. Then it's like, bing. It's like, oh, oh, is it the same thing? Oh, I heard it, I heard it. It's like, oh Lord. And then now the Lord knows that it's not, it's not moving. You know, it's like, bing. It's like, mm. Now, it's not even being in a step, like that. That means you've lost your conviction. Nothing is shaking you anymore. You come to church, you hear the word, and after the word, you go home. You say, Lord, help me, Lord. I've been taken away, Lord, by an evil time. Lord, don't let this time ruin my consecration. Don't let this time hinder my prayer life. Don't let this time snatch me. Don't let the world overtake. Lord, you are praying. Why? Because you have the heart that is in line with the word of God. But now you have a dull heart. You know, uh, if I watch the time now, let this pastor finish. You know, uh, mm, uh, I'm thinking about how to go finish the stew, the barbecue. I want to go watch the match that is playing. And there's time I have appointment here and there. Hallelujah. So dullness of heart. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Hebrews chapter 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ha. Ah. Hebrews 5. Are we there? Hallelujah. Verse 11 to verse 12. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, take note of this, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are, have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Praise God. In other words, God expects us to grow. God expects us to make progress. Praise God. Hallelujah. God expects us to improve in our spiritual life in every area. If you have a child and that child is not growing, obviously you know something is wrong. Excuse me. And you try to do whatever it takes to let that child be okay. Equally so, if you are not growing spiritually, God is not going to be comfortable with that. We must make progress. Amen? Not just be a social Christian or one that is involved in activities, 
but we must make progress in our spiritual life. Hallelujah. In our consecration in every area of our lives. So that dullness of heart, dullness of our hearing, dullness of our, our, our sight, those are the things that are affecting us. And it's a sign, a clear indication that you have been snatched by the what? The evil times. Number two, number two, blindness of your heart. Blindness of your heart. You know, there are different ways you can see. You can see through your physical sight. You can see also from your heart. Praise God. That is vision. Praise God. Desire. Ambitions. Praise God. Look at the book of uh, St. John chapter 12, verse 40. St. John chapter 12, verse 40. Praise God. St. John 12, 40. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there, St. John chapter 12? Thank you, Lord. St. John chapter 12, verse 40. Are we ready for this? It says, He had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. You see that? The heart is strong. It doesn't matter what you do. Nothing is going in there. Praise God. Say, so you just talk whatever you want to say. Ah, and finish and let's go. Let's leave this place. It is said that they should not see their eyes, praise God. They should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted. You see the word again. It said, and be converted, and I should heal them. Which means that God's intention is that you should be converted, number one. Number two is that you should be what? You should be healed. But Satan doesn't want you to be converted. Satan doesn't want you to be healed. So what is his agenda? Is to go for your heart. Go for your mind. Go for your earrings. Go for your sight. And you might not even understand. You think that you are okay of which you are not okay. You know, you know I, I, I'm not like other people. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. As long as I'm good to my neighbors, I'm good to my friend. And that's, that's what God wants. That's what you are a gentleman. You are good to neighbor. You are good to friend. But you have no relationship with God. Deep down in your heart. Because nobody sees what is there. There's still bitterness. There's still hatred. Some people are even angry with God. There are people out there who are angry with God. They applied for a job. They didn't get it there. They said, let's pray by faith. They said, I don't, I, don't, I don't walk by faith anymore. Leave that faith thing. We said, believe God for a healing. You said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to believe God. Why? He said, my mom was sick or my dad was sick and he died. And I prayed and nothing happened. So I don't believe God for those things anymore. But then do you believe that God exists? Yes, I believe that God exists. I believe that God exists. I believe. Yes, I believe. But I don't want, you know, you know, you know, you see, listen, listen. I'm a nice guy. I don't want to be religious. I just want to, if I go to church, just pray and just leave. But deep down in your heart, you're bitter. You're bitter. Nobody knows that. You're angry with God. You feel as if God is obliged to settle you. Or if he doesn't settle you, you go nowhere. Deep down. You are being blinded in your heart. Satan doesn't want you to be converted. I believe my religion. I have my own faith. I understand. What you do not know is that the evil time came and took you away. Snatched you away. Now you have your own religion. You have your own mindset. You have your own concept. You have your own theory. You have your, your own ideologies. You know. And you are saying to God, whatever you want. It's not what I want. It's what I want. That's what I will do. And God is saying, wow. God is saying, wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Thank you, Jesus. So don't tell me what to do. I know what to do. Yes. To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That is what the Bible says. 
Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. I'm way down in Hebrews. Let's see Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, In whom the God, look at this now, the God of this world. Who is the God of this world, please? Satan is known to be the God of this world. The God of this world, that is just the, the name. He's not the owner, but he's, he's called that way, the God of this world. Had blinded, what did Satan blind? Not their eyes at this time. He had blinded what? The minds of them which believe not. Oh, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. But I believe that one. Okay, that one. Okay, Jesus, I don't believe that Jesus is, is Lord. I don't believe that he's the son of God. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that Jesus is God. Why would you Christians call him God and this? No, listen and listen and listen well. I'm on my knees and I'm begging to you. Praise God. Don't, listen now. I'm a pastor. I've been in ministry for several years. Listen and listen to me very well. I must say this without any apology. If you want to go misunderstand or misinterpret me, that's fine. Praise God. I don't care. But let me say this. Don't you go to a philosopher to teach you about Jesus or about God. He will not get it right. Don't you go to a Muslim imam or a sheikh or that Muslim guy that says, well, I know all about the Bible. I read the Bible. I read this. It's in your Bible. And this, no, no. They are reading to go out there to argue. Right? Don't you go to a Muslim to teach you about Jesus. You will never get it right. Don't go to a scientist to teach you or a free thinker to teach you, a Rastafarian to teach you about Jesus. They will never, ever get it right. Praise God. Don't go to the government to teach you about Jesus. They will never ever get it right. The system will never ever get it right. Not even your culture will never get it right. The Hindu will never get it right. The Hare Krishna will never get it right. The Buddhists will never get it right. The Sorastas, they will never get it right. None of them will get it right. Listen, if you want to know about Adolphus, come and ask who? Adolphus. Praise God. Or if you don't want to ask me directly, the next person you should go to is my parent or my brothers and sisters. Right? But that is what we're seeing now in our world. People go out there and tell people, oh, you know, we, we, we believe Jesus more than you. Sometimes I look at these people and say, oh, wow, look at how they are embarrassing themselves. They will open the Bible and say, Jesus is not God. Jesus is not the Son of God. Oh, Jesus, they look at it in the Bible. They, they explain the Bible based on their just human understanding and it's deeper than that. And sometimes I feel bad for them because what they do is that they embarrass themselves. Jesus is not God. Do you know the amount of scripture that says Jesus is God in your Bible? Do you know? Do you understand the spiritual aspect of Jesus as God? Jesus is the only man that came upon the earth, praise God, without a father, and is the only one that goes to the grave and he came back alive, and is the only one that bodily uh, he resurrected. And the Bible says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God manifested in this earth, he was seen by men, preached by men, received up into glory, praise God. It says without controversy. 
without any error. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was. Listen, there are several scriptures, Bible verses that even Jesus showed you that He is God. You see, let me tell you something. You know what the problem is? The problem is ungratefulness, ingratitude. You see, the, the, if you understand that God did what he had done for your sake, he got to that extreme, he belittled himself as a form of human because of you. If you know that, you will never ever open your mouth to say Jesus is not God. If you understand the truth, if you allow people to teach you, believers, born again, spirit-free Christians, to teach you the truth about who Jesus is, you will forever regret why you used to deny Jesus or why you used to accuse Jesus as not God, trust me, you will be ashamed, you will be so embarrassed, you will ever live to regret those times. Because it is plainly clear and it is literal. Some people deliberately chose not to accept Jesus as Lord or as God. Hallelujah. So their hearts have been blinded they purpose within themselves that we're not going to accept this. Hallelujah. And what Satan is trying to do is to stop you from being converted and be healed. That is what we've been reading. The devil doesn't want you to be converted. So this evil time came and took you over and now you're believing the wrong things. Hallelujah. What are the signs to show that you are living or you are being imprisoned or overtaken by the evil time is when you are believing on the wrong things. You believe the wrong things. It's a sign that you are taken over by the evil times. Praise God. When the wrong things are right in your own eyes and the right things are wrong in your own eyes, it is also a sign that you have been taken away by the evil times. A complete misunderstanding of the truth is a sign that you have been taken away by the evil times. Wrong interpretations of the word of God is a sign that you've been taken away by the evil times. When right becomes wrong and wrong becomes right and the system, the government, the culture approves it, it's a sign that you've been taken away or we have been taken away by evil times. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we begin to doubt the integrity of God, we begin to doubt the sovereignty of God, we begin to doubt the character of God. Hallelujah. It's a sign that we've been taken away or taken over by the evil times. Praise God. When we begin to ignore the promises of God, you say, I don't care whatever God said, I don't care whatever God promised, I will do whatever I want to do and I will do it my own way. I'll do it my own way. It's a sign that you've been taken away by the evil times. When you always believe that you are right, your own things are right, your own ways are right, your own decisions are right, and you don't care about what God wants to say regarding that, it's a sign that you've been taken away by the evil times. Praise God. When you trust yourself, you trust the world, you trust the system, you trust the culture, you trust sin and sinful practices, praise God, hallelujah. When you love your enemies more than you love God, praise God, hallelujah. When sin becomes normal, it becomes a lifestyle, it becomes normal, you know, sin becomes legalized, praise God. Sin is approved by the government, praise God, is a sign that our culture, our society has been taken away by the evil times. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe your enemies more than you believe God. Praise the name of the Lord. 
You are losing, maybe you are, you are, your own case is different. Maybe you, for, for you, you are losing control of yourself. You don't want, you, 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 there are certain things that you don't want to do, but you find yourself doing it is a sign that you've been taken over by the evil times. Or maybe you are stagnated. Spiritually, you are not making progress. Materially, or maritally, financially, spiritually, prayerfully, consecration, zero. Prayer life, zero. Holiness, zero. Obedience, zero. Faithfulness, zero. There's nothing you can say, Lord, I live holy. Lord, I live faithful. Lord, I'm obedient. Or Lord, I'm a worshiper. There's nothing you can, you can raise up your hand to say, Lord, at least in this area, I'm trying. You become an ordinary man. You're like a caricature in the hands of the enemy. Praise God. It's a sign that you've been taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. By the evil times. Hallelujah. Number three, and let me try to round up. Number three, praise God. When you love evil, you love wickedness. You love sin more than the things of God. You love to do evil. Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4. It's a sign that you've been taken away by the evil times. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 4, I read verse 22. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 22. It says, for my people, this now are the people of God. My people is foolish. Praise God. See the way he puts it? My people is foolish. They have not known me. Hallelujah. They are selfish children and they have none understanding. They don't know me. They are selfish children. They have no understanding. Look at the way God is describing his own people. He says, he says they are wise to do evil but to do good, they have no knowledge. This was the problem of the children of Israel. When you talk about good things, nothing good, nothing. They don't want to do anything that is good, anything that is godly, anything that is right, anything that is true, anything that is faithful, anything that is of God. No! But if, if it is anything that has to do with crime, they want to commit it. If it is anything that, that should be... You see, go try it now. Look, look, look. <laughs> on Friday after after service, I was I was heading home and I went to the gas station. And I saw the amount of people that were preparing themselves to go to parties. I'm like, wow, <laughs> Inside of me, I, I felt some kind of way, and I, I was saying to myself, they just actually started to opening up and look at the zeal to go out for alcohol, for party, and and this and go invite those very same people. That God has spared their life throughout this season of Corona. Go and invite them to come to church and see how many will turn up. These very same people. Praise God. They prefer to go to the nightclub than to come to church. They prefer to take drugs than to come and kneel down and take Holy Communion. They prefer to go out and live in sin and walk in unrighteousness and in disobedience than to come and love God and live for God and obey God and serve God. That's the world in which we're living in. Being taken over by what? The evil times. The evil times. The evil times. The evil times. Inasmuch God has prepared times and season for us, Satan came up with his own evil time. And you know what he's saying? These guys are not serious, and let me deal with them. Satan is saying, whatever God has given to them, and they ignore, I will give them my own, and they will take, and that is rightfully so. Whatever that is good that God has given, many people have rejected, but that which the devil is giving out there, they are taking it. 
That is why the Bible says clearly in the book of St. John chapter 3, verse 19, it says men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. They love darkness. They love sinful practices. They love ungodliness. Hallelujah. They love to disobey. They love, they love wickedness rather than the things of God. And listen, beloved, I want to say something. You may feel bad, but that's fine. I have a concept. I have a concept. And I said this the other day. I don't force you to serve God. Praise God. Never. But if you decide to go to hell, I show no mercy to you. Want me to say that again? I have a concept, for, even with my family members, I have a concept not to force anyone serving God. I will never force you. I will tell you the truth and I will tell you wholeheartedly. Even if I'm going to shed tears, even if I'm going to be crying, begging you, telling you about the truth. Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, repent and all. But if you made up your mind to turn and to reject God, to go to hell, I show no mercy. I have no compassion because that is your choice. That is your choice. You see, there's one thing that God gave to us, free will. He will never trespass that. Today, if you decide that you're never going to serve God, God says, okay, fine. I'm not for if, if God is not going to force you, why would I force you? Oh, you must come to church. If you don't come to church, I will drive you away. Oh, I will suspend you. Oh, I will discipline you. Ah, not me. God forbid. Me, force you to serve God. Please look for another church. God forbid. But if you've decided to go to hell, bye. In this church, we'll pray for you so that you get there faster. Like this. When you get there, you realize like, wow. What happened to me? Hell is not a joke. It's, it's, it's not funny. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever sit yourself down and ask yourself, why would God take such a venture? To move from heaven, come upon the face of the earth, condescend to our level as human being, go to the cross, be disgraced openly, spit upon, strip naked, shed his blood, die on the cross, go to the grave. On the third day, he rose again, gave evidence of himself, and the Bible says he ascended up into heaven. Do you think it was funny? Well, if you want to go to hell, go. Those days are gone. Oh, come to Jesus. Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus died for you on the cross. No. Repent or you likewise go to hell. That is what the Bible says. Perish. You see, this generation that we're living in, they are the smartest generation. They are the most strongest generation. It's not a generation, oh, God loves you, oh, God will bless you, oh, if you can stretch your hand, if I, you know what, if you tell them that, they will be comfortable in their sin, and they will go more and say, they say, God loves me, and God, God says, if I can stretch my hands, and they, they will manipulate and misuse the grace of God. Simple, repent, or you likewise perish. The Bible says in St. John 3, 19, men becomes, they become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They love darkness rather than light. They love evil. They love the, the, the wrong things. They love to do wrong things. Rather than to please God. And the final point is if you've been caught up 
by this evil timing or times in life, the sign is that you are very, very indecisive. You are stuck in the valley of decision. Joel chapter 3 verse 14 says, multitude and multitude are in the valley of decision. People like that, they don't make decisions. And so give your life to Jesus. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Con congratulations. Do you know when you're going to die? Do you know? No, you don't. So brother, let's, let's make it right now. Let's repent. Let's accept Jesus as Lord and personal. Say, so you have loved him. Don't worry. Don't worry, man. Don't worry, man. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Down in hell. Down in hell. Down in hell. Down in hell. I'm talking about hell today. Multitude, multitude are in the valley of decision. So for you to know that someone is being caught up and is in prison, is locked in that, in that, in that evil timing is, is, is a sign. Because well, listen, you see them, uh, they are very indecisive. They, 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 they never make any decision for God. They are never willing to repent. They are never willing to follow after God. In fact, in fact, listen, listen, they would rather choose the world above God. They rather choose the world above God. Praise God. But what does the Bible say? What does God say? Praise God. The Bible says something in the book of Ephesians, second to last verse, and we're going to pray. In Ephesians chapter 1, let's see what God's desire is. What's the will of God for our lives? Are we ready for this? Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17 to 20, I'll read. Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Praise God. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding be what? Enlightening. You will not be blind anymore in the name of Jesus. If you cry like others and say, Lord, open my eyes. Give me understanding so that I will see, that I will know, that I will not miss the time and the season of my life. He says that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in this age. That you will know the worth or the value of being a Christian and what it takes to be a Christian and what are some of the opportunities that we have, the inheritance in the saints, the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding? Do you see that word there? See the expression? What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what? Who believe? Those who believe, you see the exceeding greatness of the power of God, praise God, towards all who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought how? He wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Last verse, and we're going to pray. Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. He says, let us therefore come boldly Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. God's mercy is available. And what? And grace. We'll find grace. When, 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 please? In time of need. This is the time. This is the time. This is the time. This is the time of need, beloved. This is the time that you need God than ever before. Praise God. Hallelujah. In as much as we're talking about times and seasons of our life, this is the time. And God says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That is why it is called the throne of grace. God will show you mercy. 
God will show you grace. God will forgive you. God, if you come today and say, Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I'm a liar. Lord, I'm a thief. Lord, I'm an adulterer. I'm a fornicator. Lord, I'm a witch or I'm a wizard. Oh, Lord, I, I bribed. Lord, I committed abortion. Whatever sins you have committed or whatever sins you are struggling with, God is not condemning you today. God is calling you. Come home. Repent. And he gives you this opportunity to run. Look at it there. It is let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Run to the throne of grace and say, Lord, help me. Give me grace in this life. Help me, Lord. I, I'm, I'm making it right today. I'm repenting today. I don't want to go to hell. I cannot choose hell above you. I cannot choose sin above you. I cannot choose the world above you. Lord, I chose to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to be with you. I want to please you. Hallelujah. Let us come boldly. You say, but bro, you don't know who you are talking to. You know how many people have killed secretly. God says, come, come boldly. You say, well, bro, I'm a sorcerer. Oh, I'm a fornicator. Oh, I'm a liar. Oh, I'm a thief. God says what? Come boldly. Come. You say, but I'm a drunkard. In fact, as you're talking now, I'm watching you. But I'm drunk right now. I'm, I'm tipsy. Come, come, come boldly. Come. Come boldly. But pastor, you know, I smoke weed. I smoke weed, you know. I take drugs. Come. Still come. Come boldly. Come. 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 You say, my sins, the amount of sin that I have committed, I don't think that God is going to forgive me. Come boldly, he says. Come. Come boldly to the throne of grace. It is called the throne of grace. He will give you grace this morning. Why? He said that we may obtain mercy. What is mercy? God is saying, I am not going to punish you for what you've done. I am not going to give you what you deserve. That is the judgment and the punishment. Instead, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. That is love. You say, God, I repent. I am sorry. Help me. Now that I'm, I, I, I'm, I, mean, I know the timing and the season of this life, I'm coming to you, Lord. Seriously, deep down in my heart, I'm apologizing for all that I have done wrong, the lives that I've lived wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, have mercy. Lord, forgive me. And the Bible says you will obtain mercy and you will find, you will find grace to help. You need help in this time of your life. The Bible says in time of need. You need help. This is the time of need of your life. It is the desperate time. It is a time where we are living in a confused world with confused people, confused system, confused government. Everything is confusing. Everything is confusing. All over the world. All over. Everywhere is confusing. People will tell you, take vaccine. The other ones will say, don't take vaccine. People will tell you, say, there's corona. The other one will say, there's no corona. This, you know, the United Nations confused. The WHO confused. Praise God. Americans confused, Africans confused, Europeans confused, Asians confused, Australians confused, you know, the Middle Easterners confused, Caribbean. It's a confused world with confused people in a confused junction. All that we need is to run boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, give me grace. Help me, God, to be at the same. This is the best time to serve God. Don't miss it. This is the best time to know God. Don't miss him. This is the best time to be at the center of God's will. You say, Lord, I need your grace at this time. I need your help at this time. Show me mercy at this time.
and the Lord will do it. Can we pray this morning? Can you say to the Lord, Lord, I am coming home. Lord, I'm not roaming anymore, but I'm here to apologize. I'm here to make it right. If you are that brother out there, God is not accusing you. I am not. God is not condemning you. I am not. God is not pointing his finger against you. I am not. But God is saying, come home. And I'm saying, come home too. Come home. Come home. Come in, oh. Come in, oh. Never more to roll. Open wide thy hands of love. Now I'm coming, oh, coming, oh, coming, oh, never more to roll. Open wide thy hands of love, Lord, I'm coming, oh. Make me worthy. Make me 
make me worthy oh Lord in the morning in the night till the time you make home make me worthy oh Lord do something new in my life something new in my life something new Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 12 and many have been overtaken in prison and bound by that evil time are you a victim of the evil times I want to pray with you right now if you haven't given your life to the Lord Jesus you are a victim of that evil time and you must escape right now you must run for your life and I want us to do that by praying together stretch forth your hands towards me and say this with me Say there, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I believe you died for me. You were in the grave. On the third day, you rose from the dead. There, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
be my Lord, be my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. There, Lord Jesus, seal me, seal my spirit, seal my soul, seal my body with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' mighty name of bread. Amen. Amen. For those of you out there, you are a believer, you are a child of God. And you know you are saved, but you are struggling with the evil times, the season of the evil times. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to say this with me. There, Lord Jesus, I come boldly to your presence according to your word. I'm asking for grace. I'm asking for mercy. Have mercy upon me. Strengthen me, O oh God. Restore me. Restore the joy of my salvation. Restore your grace. Restore your first love upon my life. That Lord, I will live this life to glorify you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Lift up your hands everywhere. I'm going to pray with you right now before we close. Lift up your hands everywhere and I'm praying for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's begin to thank the Lord and bless his name. Worship him, hallelujah. Yes, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. Give him praise, give him glory, give him honor. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. You will, you will never change. Ancient of days, as old as you are, as old as you are, you will never change. Ancient of days, as old as you are. of days as old as you are as old as you are you will never change ancient of days as old as you are as old as you are you will Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for great grace. Father, we've heard your word this morning. Lord, we come before you in holy adoration. We repent of every sin in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. I plead on behalf of your people this morning. We're asking, Lord, that you cleanse our hearts, you cleanse our minds, you cleanse our eyes, you cleanse our ears. In the name of Jesus, every yoke of the enemy that has been placed in our ears that we could not hear, yoke in our sight, in our eyes that we could not see, 
yoke in our hearts, oh God, that we should not be converted. We rebuke, we destroy every powers of the wicked one, witchcraft power, demonic power, occultic power, satanic power, manipulations of the powers of darkness. Be destroyed, be destroyed, be destroyed, be destroyed, be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask for your grace. We ask for your anointing. We ask for your power. We ask for the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume every evil deposit in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for great grace upon our lives. Oh God. Your mercy and your grace that will enable us, will empower us to walk in righteousness, to walk in obedience, to be holy, to be faithful, to live pure, Lord, to please you in the name of Jesus. Father, whatever it takes for us to be at the center of your will, grant unto us in Jesus' name the courage, Lord, that fortitude, the strength, Lord, the zeal, the patience that it takes, Lord, the commitment for us to live in accordance to your word, bestow upon every life in Jesus' name. Any man, any woman that is sick under the sound of my voice, right now i speak to you i speak to your body from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet i pray for you now receive the healing power of the lord in jesus name be healed in the name of jesus be healed in the name of jesus be healed in the name of jesus every sickness in your body every pain in your body every infirmity in your body every affliction in your body every affliction in your spirit in your soul receive your hearing i decree restoration of your heart condition in jesus name father anyone that is sick i command your healing glory your grace your power overtake them restore heal them completely in the name of jesus thank you jesus thank you holy ghost lord that brother that is saying lord don't pass me by lord restore me don't pass me by i decree divine restoration upon your life in the name of jesus thank you lord lift up your hands and begin to bless the name of the lord give him all the praise exalt his name bless the lord of my soul oh my soul Worship his holy name. Sing like never.